The peace and grace of God to you. Welcome to our podcast, our worship service remote for Plains United Methodist Church of Plains and for First United Methodist Church of West Pittston, Pennsylvania. Our scripture readings for later in the service, so that you can look them up now if you want to and be ready, will be 1 Peter 4, 7 through 11, and John 17, 1 through 11. I am Reverend Tenny Rupnick, and my email address is tenhutrup at gmail.com. That's T-E-N, like the number spelled out, H-U-T, like the small house, R-U-P, as in Peter, at gmail.com. Please send me any prayer requests you have and let me know if they are private in nature or if it's okay if we go ahead and share them on the next week's podcast so that your church family may be praying with you. Our prayer requests for our charge for this week are for Mrs. Tippins, for folks in our church family who are privately dealing with health challenges, surgeries, and other issues, the healing that comes, the stress that they may suffer because of that. For Rebecca, who is fighting cancer, little Nate Gray, who is fighting cancer, for Sue and Ty Williams, for all our healthcare workers and first responders, for all our governmental and civic leaders. The 20th Sunday after Pentecost, October 18th, 2020. Our first hymn this morning is number 206 in our hymnal and is entitled, I Want to Walk as a Child of the Light. I want to walk as a child of the light. I want to follow Jesus. God set the stars to give light to the world. The star of my life is Jesus. In him there is no darkness at all. The night and the day are both alike. The Lamb is the light of the city of God. Shine in my heart, Lord Jesus. I want to see the brightness of God. I want to look at Jesus. Clear sun of righteousness shine on my path and show me the way to the Father. In him there is no darkness at all. The night and the day are both alike. The Lamb is the light of the city of God. Shine in my heart, Lord Jesus. I'm looking for the coming of Christ. I want to be with Jesus. When we have run with patience the race, we shall know the joy of Jesus. In him there is no darkness at all. The night and the day are both alike.
city of God. Shine in my heart, Lord Jesus. Our gathering meditation for this morning, for your time listening to this podcast, is taken from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Our order of worship for this morning is taken from Psalm 34. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. We will exalt his name together. May our souls make their boast in the Lord. Let our God hear and be glad. For we sought the Lord and he answered us. Our God delivered us from all our fears. Let us look to him and be radiant and we shall never be ashamed. Our prayer of invocation. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, you reign everlasting in our lives. May we be glorified in Jesus' name, so that we may then in turn glorify you. Let your kingdom come and your presence be manifest in our experience. As we gather before you, whenever we gather before you, help us always to be close to your presence, your love, your peace. Be our Alpha and our Omega. Bless us beyond measure and give us your grace. And all God's children say, Amen. Our next hymn for this morning is number 399 in the hymnal and is entitled, Take My Life and Let It Be. Take my life and let it be Consecrated, Lord, to Thee Take my moments and my days Let them flow in ceaseless praise Take my hands and let them move At the impulse of Thy love Take my feet and let them be Swift and beautiful for Thee Take my voice and let me sing Always only for my King Take my lips and let them be Filled with messages from Thee Take my silver and my gold Not a might would I withhold Take my intellect and use Every 
power as thou choose. Take my will and make it thine. It shall be no longer mine. Take my heart, it is thine own. It shall be thy royal throne. Take my love, my Lord, I pour. At thy feet its treasure store. Take myself and I will be ever only all for thee. Join with me now in our confession of faith, the Apostles' Creed. Let us say what we believe and believe what we say. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Amen. Our children's message. Guys, I read a scripture earlier in the service. I don't know if you heard it. I'm going to read it again. It's from a book in the Bible that's called Matthew. Listen. You, you, are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lamp stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Now let me ask you something. Do you like being in a room with the lights on? Or would you rather be in a dark room with the lights off and the door shut? Many of us like having the lights on instead of off. We feel more secure when we can see what's going on around us. We like it better when we can see where we're going. We might like to sleep in a dark room, but most of us would like to have a night light to give us at least a little bit of light. Or we might like to have a flashlight that we can turn on when we need to. An interesting thing about darkness and light is that a little bit of light drives away the darkness. There's a place called Carlsbad Caverns in New Mexico. It's a bunch of big caves and folks visit them and they will go on tours. They'll go walk through the caves and someone will lead them. If you ever go, you'll discover that there's a place where everyone who is walking stops in a safe place and the guide who's leading them turns out all the lights. You can't see anything, not even your hand right in front of your nose. 
But when the guide strikes a match and that tiny light comes forward, that teeny tiny bit of light from the match pushes back the darkness and you can see the people around you. You can even see stalagmites and stalactites not far away. If you don't know what those are, those are the rocky pieces that come down, hang down from the ceiling or, or push up from the floor. It's amazing. It's beautiful. It's amazing and beautiful that such a small light can drive away the darkness. Jesus said something very nice about us, about me and about you. He said, you are the light of the world. Let your light shine before people that they may see your good works or the good things that you do and glorify your father who is in heaven. When Jesus said that we are the light of the world, he meant that we make our world a little lighter and brighter when we believe in him and when we do what he has told us to do, when we love each other and when we treat each other with kindness. You can make your parents' lives or your grandparents or your, your guardians' lives a little lighter and brighter when you do what they ask you to do. You can make your friends' lives a little lighter and brighter or your brother or sister, if you have any, when you treat them nicely while playing games. Just remember that Jesus wants you to be a bright light, shining, lighting the way for others and helping those other people to believe in God. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, for telling us that we are light and not darkness. Help us to live as you want us to live so that we might help make the world a lighter, happier place to be. And all God's children say, Amen. Our prayer for illumination. Let us pray. Blessed Lord, source of all light, by your word, you give light to our souls. Pour out on us the spirit of wisdom and understanding that our hearts and minds may be opened. Make us humble, teachable, and obedient that we may receive what you have revealed and do what you have commanded. Amen. Our first reading is an epistle reading from the book of 1 Peter, chapter 4, verses 7 through 11. The end of all things is near, therefore be serious and discipline yourselves for the sake of your prayers. Above all, maintain constant love for one another, for love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without complaining. Like good stewards of the manifold grace of God, serve one another with whatever gift each of you has received. Whoever speaks, must do so as one speaking the very words of God. Whoever serves must do so with the strength that God supplies so that God may be glorified in all things through Jesus Christ. To him belong the glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Our second reading is a gospel reading from the Gospel of John, chapter 17, verses 1 through 11. After Jesus had spoken these words, he looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son so that the son may glorify you, since you have given him authority over all people to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, 
that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth by finishing the work that you gave me to do, so now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had in your presence before the world existed. I have made your name known to those whom you gave me from the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you. For the words that you gave to me I have given to them, and they have received them, and know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I am asking on their behalf. I am not asking on behalf of the world, but on behalf of those whom you gave me, because they are yours. All mine are yours, and you are mine. Yours are mine, and I have been glorified in them. And now I am no longer of the world, but they are in the world, and, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them in your name that you have given me, so that they may be one as we are one. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. The title of our message for this morning is, But a Reflection. This prayer, the one which we just had in front of us in the Gospel of John, it's part of a larger section of scripture, scripture which begins in chapter 13 and ends here in chapter 17 and is known altogether as Jesus's farewell discourse. Now this prayer itself here in verses 1 through 11 of chapter 17 is considered the climax or the high point of Jesus's last discourse and is sometimes referred to as Jesus's priestly prayer and at other times as his farewell prayer. But whatever it's called, this prayer is significant in that it is an example of Jesus praying for his disciples. It's significant in that it's an example of Jesus praying for us. Furthermore, this section of scripture is the Gospel of John's version of Jesus' last moments with his disciples. In this way, all he says and does holds extra significance. It holds extra meaning for us if we consider the scripture in this way because the very nature of the passage tells us a lot about Jesus as it details exactly how this healer and teacher and hoped-for Messiah chose to use the last moments of his earthly ministry, of his life. How he chose to spend those last moments of his living with his followers. Now, if we take a moment and think back to the other gospel accounts, getting out of John for a second, if we think back to the gospel accounts of Matthew and Mark and Luke, and if we look to their versions of Jesus's last moments, we might remember that in those accounts, we were led to spend some time with Jesus as he waited and hoped outside and under the night sky, as Jesus was anxious and prayed in the garden of Gethsemane. And in doing so, after looking back and remembering the other gospel accounts, we can then come back to John and we can reconsider this version in front of us this morning, the Gospel of John's version of events, and we can easily note that there is no reference to that particular garden in John's account. 
We see instead that here Jesus is is praying also, but he's praying for his disciples in an inside place, as he's still in the room which was used for the Last Supper, a room often referred to and understood as the upper room. Here, in this room and in John's version, Jesus prays a different kind of prayer, a prayer that is quite different from the one that he prayed in the garden, in the other accounts. Rather than his garden prayer, one in which Jesus prayed to his father from a place of uncertainty and torment and anxiousness and suffering, John's version of his last recorded prayer, in contrast, is significantly different. Yes, different. For this Gethsemane scene, if you want to call it that, and John doesn't, as we already noted, take place in that infamous garden at all. And John's version of these last few moments of this prayerful scene is one which highlights Jesus's confidence and radiates his deep understanding and his self-control and his power. After all, all of the Gethsemane prayers are tearful prayers, prayers of desperate internal struggle, prayers of obedient agony. In contrast, this prayer in John is a prayer which seems controlled and powerful and assured. It's a prayer which expresses a deep intimacy. It is a prayer which trusts in, depends on, and and leans into interrelated relationships. The relationship between the Father and Jesus, the relationship between those who were present to hear his prayer in Jesus, and the relationship between all present and future believers in God. A beautiful, tangled triangle of relationship is what it is. And in fact, it's something of a trinity of relationship. So with all this said, with all these comparisons made, what is it that Jesus so confidently and powerfully says here? Well, if we look back to the passage, we see that he mentions many things. And Jesus prays about glory and authority and eternal life. Jesus prays to his Father about God's presence and Jesus' rightful place. Jesus prays in the presence of his followers about ownership in God's word, about truth, and about what has been given versus what has been received. Jesus prays about coming and sending in unity. And while all of these topics can be and and have been used for the best of Bible studies, the most insightful of conversations, and the deepest of sermons, there is yet another thread here, an idea which is woven, ribbon-like, throughout all of Christ's words, a theme which stands out against the rest of the pattern. And that thread is, is the theme or idea or truth of reflection, Yeah, reflection, as in bouncing light from one source to the next, as in bringing in in order to shine forth a power, an image, a presence, which is of another source. Reflection. Let me explain. You see, Jesus is in that room. He is there in the midst of his disciples. He knows he's facing his last chance to say something to them. So what he says, he wants to be significant and helpful and true. Furthermore, Jesus is likely working from a place of the deepest of needs at this moment as well, as he functions within a need to communicate with his father, 
before everything bad starts to snowball and happen, to talk with the Lord. And as he begins his prayer in the company of his followers, as he speaks from the depth of his being, he prays the words he wants to say to his father at the same time he prays the things that he wants his followers to overhear. And when he speaks, it's not of his own healings and teachings and accomplishments. Rather, what he prays about can be summed up in that it is all about God. God's accomplishments, God's glory, God's authority, God's presence, God's word, God's truth, and so on and so forth. Listen again to the reflecting or bouncing off nature of Jesus' words. Chapter 17, verse 1. After Jesus had spoken these words, he looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son so that the Son may glorify you. What is Christ asking for here? Well, he's asking for glory for himself. But he is asking for glory for himself only in order that he may then, in turn, glorify God, his Father. This is why this verse has a reflective quality to me, a bouncing-off quality. Do you remember the school playground ditty that goes, I am rubber, you are glue. Whatever you say bounces off me and sticks onto you. Well, that's kind of the idea here. Jesus is acknowledging that the Lord Almighty is the source of all the glory and power and might and truth and strength and being. And Jesus is saying, just give a little bit of that back onto me so that I can reflect, so that I can bounce it back to you. Now, throughout the centuries, English-speaking preachers and writers and teachers in the Christian faith have had a grand time playing off the words son and son as an S-O-N and S-U-N when referring to Jesus. As homonyms, son and son, S-O-N and S-U-N are pronounced exactly the same, but of course have different meanings. Because Jesus is the son of God, as in the male child born to Mary and of God's power, and because Jesus is as radiant as the sun in the sky and is the main source of our Christian enlightenment, notice the light in that concept. Because of both those things, the two words work together beautifully to illustrate the centrality and importance and pure essentiality of Jesus. So throughout the centuries, this comparison, this way of thinking of Jesus as son and son has been incredibly popular and effective in the English language. Today, however, I'm going to ask us to think of Jesus in a slightly different way. Not so as to replace our understanding of Jesus as the S-U-N, which lights up the darkness of our troubled lives and existence, but rather to add to that understanding with another layer of meaning. This morning, I'm asking us all to stretch that understanding a bit and to see if we can imagine Jesus as moon as well. Yeah, moon, as in M-O-O-N this time as in the softly glowing orb which lights up our night sky, as in a body of matter which orbits our experience and affects the tides of our being and the movement of our lives, the moon. 
a body which provides light, but not a light of its own, a body which reflects the light of another. Now, it is perfectly fair if you suddenly have this squirmy and tingly sensation and feel yourself moving to the edge of your seat as you discover you want to argue with me and and with this metaphor, as you discover that you'd like to say something like perhaps, well, actually, preacher, since we have a Trinitarian God, a God that is three in one, well, technically, all of the light and glory and power is Jesus's as much as it is God's, as much as it is the Holy Spirit's. And you would be right. And kudos to you for being so quick on the draw with your Orthodox Trinitarian theology. But remember, any metaphor falls apart if you take it too far, really. And I'm simply asking us here to give this metaphor a chance, a a sliver of consideration in reference to the passage of this morning and with regard to our discussion about reflection, about reflective force and reflective power. So if we suspend our hesitancy for a moment, if you had any, the Jesus of this passage The Jesus who prays about the glory and the rest is a Jesus that is more like the moon than the sun. An obedient servant in this case, whose ministry and very identity fits closer to that symbolism of a moon's reflective light, softly shining forth the light and power and beauty from another source, from God, into our darkened existence. Now, with this in mind, I'm going to read verse 1 again, and this time I will continue on to verse 2. So now listening again to the word of God. After Jesus had spoken these words, he looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son so that your son may glorify you since you have given the son authority over all people to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. Jesus is praying here as he is aware that he is in the company of his followers and as he is aware that his last and most difficult moments are rapidly approaching. Jesus is praying in confidence and with urgency a prayer that talks about reflective service to God. Reflective service to God that talks about a kind of servanthood, a kind of discipleship, which is filled with the moon-like qualities of a reflective glory and a reflective power. We've talked about the glory already, but I want to note that I claim a reflective power because verse 2 refers specifically to authority. And what is authority if it's not a power granted to someone to exercise on behalf of someone else? After all, power on its own is something held completely by the one who wields it. Authority, on the other hand, speaks to the fact that the power actually lies with another, but the one in question was given authority to wield it. Thus, it is a reflective type of power in its way, and Jesus speaks of his authority given to him by his Lord. Let's consider the rest of the passage, verse 3 and on. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth by finishing the work that you gave me to do. So now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory that I had in your presence before the world existed. 
I have made your name known to those whom you gave me from the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you, for the words that you gave to me I have given to them, and they have received them, and know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I am asking on their behalf. I'm not asking on behalf of the world, but on behalf of those whom you gave me because they are yours. All mine are yours and yours are mine, and I have been glorified in them. And now I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them in your name that you have given me so that they may be one as we are one. Jesus is using this prayer, this time to talk to his father and to say a few last things to his disciples. He's using this time to say, You are great, almighty father, my Lord and God, and I have done my best to reflect that. I have brought in your glory and then shined it forth unto others. I have been in the presence of your name and your power and your truth and your word, and I have reflected them into the world and this work you have called me to do. I have been your moon, lighting up the night of the oftentimes bleak and troublesome existence of the faithful. What Jesus is saying here in John's version of the garden prayer is, Make me shine, Lord, so that by looking at me, others might see that my glimmer and shimmer is nothing but a reflection of you. And isn't that a prayer for the ages? Doesn't that just sum up our purpose and mission as children of God and as disciples of Jesus, our Christ? Let us pray. Lord God, source of all that we are and all that we might become, Make us shine ever so brightly now in order that by looking at us, others might see that our glimmer and shimmer is but a reflection of you. And all God's children say, Amen. Our next hymn this morning is number 98 in the United Methodist Hymnal and is entitled, To God Be the Glory. To God be the glory, great things he hath done. So loved he the world that he gave us his Son, who yielded his life an atonement for sin, and opened the life gate that all may go in. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the people rejoice. O come to the Father through Jesus the Son, and give him the glory, great things he hath done. O perfect redemption, the purchase of of blood to every believer the promise of god the vilest offender who truly believes that moment from jesus a pardon receives praise the lord praise the lord 
Let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son and give him the glory. Great things he have done. Great things he have taught us. Great things he have done. And great are rejoicing through Jesus the Son. But purer and higher and greater will be our wonder, our transport when Jesus we see. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son and give him the glory. Great things he hath done. At this point in our podcast, we remember our call to support our churches with our time, our talents, and our treasure. As God gave generously to us, so we give back unto our God. And so I say now, as I say every week, just as our almighty God gave entirely of God's self for our sakes, we are likewise called to give up of ourselves time and time again for the sake of others. Let us pray. Almighty God, for all that you have done, for all that you have given us, we offer up our adoration. We offer up our thanks and our praise. For your gifts are indeed great and your works are a wonder to behold. When we return a portion of these gifts to you, may you generously bless them that our giving may become a beautiful message of your love and your grace. In Christ's glorious name we pray, and all God's children say, Amen. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise God, all creatures here below. Praise God above, ye heavenly host. Praise Creator, Christ, and Holy Ghost. Amen. And now as we have so gathered, not together in body physically, but still together as the body of Christ through this podcast, through our time together. Let us bend the knees of our hearts and bow our heads before our Creator, Sustainer, and Lord in prayer. Let us pray. O Lord, hear our prayer. O Lord, hear our prayer. When we call, answer us. O Lord, hear our prayer. O Lord, hear our prayer. Come and listen to Merciful God, full of grace, hear our prayers of confession and our prayers of need in these next few moments of silence. O God, our God, we gather before you our love, our Lord. 
At this time and at many such times, we bow our heads as we wait expectantly for your Holy Spirit to shine forth into our circumstances. As we hope expectantly for the power of your providential love to shine forth into our lives. Cleanse us now, O Lord. Meet our expectations with your presence and your peace. Make us ready to hear from and to worship you. Lord of all and everything, shine on your people with wisdom and truth this day. By the light of your glory, help us to see each other and ourselves as you see us, broken but beautiful, hurting yet worthy of so much hope, entrenched in self-centeredness but already expectant that your kingdom will come and your will shall be done. Forgive us, Lord, when we choose to walk in darkness rather than in your radiant light. Shine through our doubt and our despair so that we may trust in the hope of your mercy and your grace. Shine into our selfishness and sense of entitlement that we may finally begin to reflect a Christ-like service, one which is rich with generosity and full of compassion. And help us, Lord to represent our Savior by reflecting the powerful light of your truth and grace each and every day. We humbly pray all these things in the name of Jesus Christ and continue to pray, as he taught us to, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our next hymn this morning is an old favorite of mine from camp when I was a kid. Some churches sing it, some don't sing it so much. You might recognize it. Shine, Jesus, shine. Lord, the light of your love is shining in the midst of the darkness shining. Jesus, light of the world, shine upon us. Set us free by the truth you now bring us. Shine on me. Shine on me. Shine, Jesus, shine, fill this land with the Father's glory. Blaze, Spirit, blaze, set our hearts on fire. Flow, river, flow, flood the nations with grace and mercy. Send forth your word, Lord, and let there be light. Lord, I come to your awesome presence. From the shadows into your radiance. By the blood I may enter your brightness. Search me, try me, consume all my darkness. Shine on me. Shine on me. 
Shine, Jesus, shine. Fill this land with the Father's glory. Blaze, Spirit, blaze. Set our hearts on fire. Flow, river, flow. Flood the nations with grace and mercy. Send forth your word, Lord, and let there be light. As we gaze on your kingly brightness, so our faces display your likeness, ever changing from glory to glory. Mirrored here, may our lives tell your story. Shine on me, shine on me. Shine, Jesus, shine. Fill this land with the Father's glory. Blaze, Spirit, blaze. Set our hearts on fire. Glow, flow, river, flow. Flood the nations with grace and mercy. Send forth your word, Lord, and let there be light. Shine, Jesus, shine. Fill this land with your Father's glory. Blaze, Spirit, blaze. Set our hearts on fire. Flow, river, flow. Flood the nations with grace and mercy. Send forth your word, Lord, and let there be light. Before we take our leave now of one another, may we recite the Wesleyan Covenant Prayer together. I am no longer my own but yours. Put me to what you will, rank me with whom you will. Put me to doing, put me to suffering. Let me be employed for you or laid aside for you, exalted for you or brought low for you. Let me be full, let me be empty. Let me have all things, let me have nothing. I freely and wholeheartedly yield all things to your pleasure and disposal. And now, glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are mine and I am yours. So be it. And the covenant now made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Amen. The Lord bless us and keep us. The Lord make his face to shine upon us and be gracious unto us. The Lord lift up his countenance upon us and give us peace this day and forevermore. Amen. Shalom to you now, shalom, my friends. May God's full mercies bless you, my friends, in all your living and through your Christ be your shalom, Christ be your shalom.